Animal Crossing, a peaceful meditation on chores, neighborly relation, and menu management. This game sees a human player living amongst friendly animal villagers in real time. But does this therapeutic game of letters and animal friendship have enough to build a movie out of? Find out on this episode of Game. Welcome to Game Reel. I am your host, Cassidy Easton, and with me are my two always lovely ho- co- uh, co-hosts. Wow. Uh, I forgot how to speak during this quarantine. Co-hosts, Annika Gutormson. Hello, I'm Annika. And Matthew Brennan. Howdy, howdy. I'm the best ho-host. <laughs> okay. Uh, great. I can't even edit that out now. <laughs> So today we're play- we're talking about uh, Animal Crossing. There's what nine Animal Crossing games? I think it's something like that. I think we've all all of us have played at least one Animal Crossing game. What have you guys played? Um, I've played Animal Crossing New Leaf and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, but I didn't enjoy Pocket Camp as much, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't either. Matt, what did you play? I've only ever played City Folk in any like long capacity mm-hmm. and i started new horizons for like an hour on saturday oh you just got and new that's... horizons no my sisters had it but i've oh. just been too busy to play it and so i just made my character wow awesome well you're in for a treat new horizons is the best one i think oh shit yeah. i personally i think i guess i've played the most animal crossing of all three of us i've played the first one on the gamecube when i was like in middle school and then i played a little bit of new leaf and i played some pocket camp and now i am probably have played animal crossing new horizons every single day this quarantine how does your town look bad i have not put any (laughs) any effort towards my town literally at all it looks like shit it is overrun with flowers i need to honestly start like making it look like a real town right now it just kind of looks like few houses arranged in a line and then some random buildings. <laughs> Could you guys give me like your favorite non-villager character and then your like three favorite villagers? I can start. My favorite villagers, I guess in the town section are the Able yeah. sisters. Yeah, they're great. Oh, I didn't even write anything about them. I should have. Uh, I forget what is the name of the in Animal Crossing New Leaf, one of the sisters talks to you a lot and then after you gain her affection she gives you uh the ability to download qr codes i think i think it's sable i think she's one of my favorites because you actually get the great the greatest sense of her character and kind of like who she is and she's not get their like really sad backstory yeah what's their sad backstory their parents died when they were like really young yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then there was like conflict in the house, and then Label ran off and you know pursued her dreams of like being a fashion designer, and then leaving the other two Abel sisters to like run the shop on their own. And Sable, I think, like ended up just raising both of them. Yeah, that that is their backstory. It's weirdly sad for an animal. Yeah. Game. It's like I think it might be the only <laughs> backstory that like introduces death into the animal crossing world it's like yeah these animals are mortal and they can die (laughs) 
I am all for <laughs> TBA. Yeah, I've got some. I have some dark shit written down for my yeah, movie too. ideas. Uh, who are your favorite uh, villagers, Annika? Okay, so I can start with my favorite personality because most of my favorite mm. villagers fall into that personality. Okay. For, for some reason, I'm really drawn to the jock personality. Oh, yeah, me too. They're so good. They're usually like, I'm going to say Animal Crossing writers write them as himbos, mm-hmm. which I think is so endearing. And I also really like the lazy personality. So oh, yeah. Some of my favorite villagers are Alfonso, who yes. is that little orange crocodile. He's also in the official Animal Crossing movie, but I yeah i didn't really like his characterization in that movie yeah we'll get to that i was kind of upset (laughs) by that as well i also really love kid cat who's a red cat and he has a jock personality um and rooney also is one of my favorites he is a blue kangaroo and he has a cranky personality and he's in my town in new leaf and he's always my favorite villager i love the cranky villagers they're they're incredible yeah, I think that most of the cranky villagers are my favorite. Like, hands down, my favorite is Wolfgang. <laughs> and I had him in my original village, and I stopped playing for, like, a year. And when me and my sister came back, he was moving, and I was so sad. Oh, yeah. That's, like, I feel like that's a universal experience of, like, not playing Animal Crossing for a really long time. Yeah. And then your favorite villager moves out. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And then I think he got replaced by Pierce, who was also a cranky dude, and he was pretty cool, too. Is Wolfgang one of your favorites? Oh, yeah, definitely. Who are your others? I had Benedict, too. He was just, like, a red rooster. He was cute, and he had I think he had, like, a blue shirt with a number one on him. I never had him, but Eugene, like, the greaser koala, I, like, vibe with a lot. Oh, yeah, Eugene looks like such a nasty boy. Uh, who's your who's your favorite non-villager uh, like NPC? I think it might be Kix, the skunk who would like shoe shine you and it would change the color of your shoes. Oh yeah, uh, I think Kix is in in New Horizons and they like sell you cool shit. They like sell you like rad socks and shoes and like handbags. For me, my favorite non-villager character is Flick, hands down. He's the new bug salesman. I think he's the son of the old bug vendor. And I forget what his name was. He was like a green chameleon. And you come to this town and buy your bugs for like a bigger, like a better price. Flick is his son. He's like red chameleon. And he's all like punk. And he has this like spiky net. And he's like this brooding artist. But he's also like really soft. And he always like, he's like, oh, yeah, also my commissions are open if you want to buy them. Or whatever. But, you know, I'm all, I'm just here to buy bugs, and he's like really excited every time you sell him bugs. And uh, he's in love with his uh, his partner CJ, who is this fish vendor. Who's this? Uh, he's a streamer, and he's a beaver. And uh, they're both really adorable, and I love them. And God, my three favorite villagers. Well, I it's gonna become clear when we talk about my movie ideas that <laughs> I really love Ribot a lot. I think Ribot is very cool, and uh, I've never had him in my town, but I love the idea of him. He's this uh, robotic frog. He's a, a jock, which automatically I love. <laughs> Another favorite of mine is Billy. He is also a jock. He's a goat, and there's not really much that's like special about him, but 
I don't know. He was like the first villager I ever talked to in the first Animal Crossing game, so he holds a very special place in my heart. He lives in my town now. He's beloved. <laughs> um, and then uh, Punchy. He's a lazy cat with like half lids and uh, he's like blue and stuff. And I've been told by many people that uh, he's very much like me. I love I Punchy. Remind... Yeah, people say that he reminds them of me. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. He, he also lives in my town. He lives right next door to me. A fun thing about Animal Crossing, there's not really a story in this game. Yeah, it just like goes on forever and ever. Yeah, you just kind of do it every day. It kind of becomes chores after like you play it long enough. I agree. I think it's straight up chores the entire time. Not that that's not fun. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. Today is Pride Month, but also it is the beginning of Shark Month where all the sharks are introduced to the ecosystem. And I've been catching sharks all day long. I remember the first time that I caught a shark in City Folk and my sister was like, oh, donate it to the museum or like sell it or something. And I just like kept it in my house and I never <laughs> upgraded it. So like it took up half the entire room, but I was just like, no, I'll never catch one ever again. I'm never going to get up on this thing. I'm very afraid that's going to happen to me. I want to catch another great white and just keep it in my living room. Can I ask you guys who your least favorite villager is? Ooh, that's a great question. Someone that maybe you've bullied out. <laughs> I, before I knew that bullying didn't work. Um, it does I work. Did, uh, it might not work anymore. They might have fixed it because now like bullying counts as attention and the fastest way to get them out of your town is to just ignore them. Mm. At least that's how it works that's on so New cool. Horizon. But in my first ever town on the GameCube, I had this one villager. Her name was Mint. She was a snooty squirrel. And the fun part about the Animal Crossing on the GameCube was all the villagers were so much meaner. They would like, <laughs> they would like fucking tear you up if you ever like stepped wrong to them. And so the snooty villager personality type was like very abrasive and very rude to you like all the time. And I had this squirrel named Mint and I hated her. She was just so mean just right off the bat. And I was like, oh my God, get out of my town. And I tried so hard to like chase her away, but she defied me and stayed in my town. And I I, I just, oh man, I, I would like play for, I would like not play for a few months and she'd still be there. And I'm like, God, please just leave. <laughs> So my answer is mint. What about you, Matt? You know, honestly, in my first town, I had Tipper, who was like a really snooty cow, and I did not fuck with her at all. But as I played more, I just kind of learned to appreciate her like queen energy more. <laughs> and I don't really think that I strongly dislike any of them. I think even like the really shittily designed ones, I just like love how bad it is, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and I put him in my, uh, in my movie idea, but Limburg, the really ugly mouse with the, um, huge five o'clock shadow, <laughs> my sister bullied him out. Yeah, like, I think no. I found a tier list of, like, because I was curious, like, who are the most and, like, least popular, and he's, like, very bottom, like, the... terrible. And... The mice have a yeah. very big, like, None of them are good. I think the only good no. one is like Chatter. I like Chatter. Chatter. I like Chatter too. I don't. I don't know. I get... People don't like the mouse. Something about the head shape. It just doesn't work. Yeah, but I agree about Limburg. <laughs> <laughs> he is hideous. He is hideous, but I kind of okay, like love the... him. 
And Samson, too. The thing about Lindbergh is, though, is that, like, my sister would complain about him every day, and she's like, oh, he's so fucking ugly, I want to get rid of him, like, every day, every day, and I was like, and I wasn't playing yet, so I was like, why do you hate this guy so much, and, like, I kind of started to love him more and more, and now he's, like, the underdog in my movie. I love that. <laughs> that is a very controversial choice is for a protagonist, is Lindbergh. <laughs> oh, man, what about you, Annika? Who's your least favorite? I absolutely hate Tammy. <gasps> Tammy. She's like a cub with a sisterly Tammy? personality. Yeah. Oh, wait, I forgot there's two Tammies. I have the other Tammy in my town, and she's moving out. There are two Tammies. Mm. I have the yellow cub Tammy. Or I had. No. I bullied her out because <laughs> I hate her so much. <laughs> <laughs> wait, why do you hate her? I just don't like her face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a valid reason, because <laughs> these animals are so lovable otherwise. But she's sisterly. That's a good quality to have. The sisterly personalities are pretty great. Although, there's a disproportionate mm. amount of, like, ugly sisterly characters. That is game. true. Mm. Damn hot takes, Nintendo. <laughs> I used to have a sisterly character in mine named Rocket, and she was, like, this gorilla who wore a pink Power Rangers suit. And all the oh, I see yeah, her. all the gorillas are like hideous in this game, <laughs> and she has like pink lipstick, and it's just very upsetting. Uh, and I didn't bully her out, but I did ignore her for long enough that she was like, "Hey, this place fucking sucks. I'm moving out." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, goodbye, Rocket." Oh no, I like her. She has a lot of personality, and her catchphrase is "room." It is. Um, <laughs> She's actually part of one of my movie ideas. But before we talk about our movie ideas, I feel like we should talk about the movie itself. Animal Crossing movie, which is not, I don't think it's titled that. It's like it's Japanese title. It, I don't think it ever got a dub or was ever brought over here. Yeah, it wasn't. Because if you it look up kinda... Animal Crossing movie on any search engine, you won't find it. But if you search it by its Japanese name, I think it's Dobutsu no Mori. It, you will find you'll you won't find any subs you will just find the japanese version of the movie or you'll find what we watched the fan dub of the movie which is in Very two good. parts fabulous it was amazing and i do want to immediately address that this fan dub is wild <laughs> and they did my man alfonso dirty with his voice because his voice fucking sucked <laughs> I disagree. I thought, like, the shittiness of it made it so much better. Oh, no. Alfonso's such a sweet boy. Actually, his voice kind of grew on me. Oh, really? When... It did not grow on me. <laughs> I still hated it when I was done. I was like, yeah, no, this still sucks. <laughs> Once I got used to it, I was like, oh, I, I get it. I see it. Yeah, I mean, I got why they were doing it. I, I understood the anime character they were trying to inhabit. But, like, why did they have to do my boy like that? <laughs> also um on letterboxd it's listed as animal crossing the movie oh so if you want to if you want to look it up on letterboxd it's there it has a 3.4 rating <laughs> out of what out of five okay that's not so bad that's not so bad i also rated it on letterboxd but i don't remember what i put well anyway this movie is wild to say the <laughs> least how many plots were there there was like Three to four discrete plots? More than that. Every character had their own subplot. The movie starts off 
with this very small female human villager. Um, I don't remember her name. What was her name? I. I like AI. Right. I was her name. Um, and they they spelled it out of like the alphabet vowels, like a like she, the way she introduced herself was like, my name's I, A E I L U or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that confused the hell out of me because I thought that her name was the entirety of the vowels. Yeah, she said that a bunch of times, and she said it so fast, and I was like, what? <laughs> like I, <are> you? <laughs> yeah, she like moves in. She captains in the first scene, which is great. I love Captain. Does anyone did any, has anyone ever watched the show or read the comics for Pop Team Epic? No. No. Okay. You might recognize some of the memes. You know the one where it's that little anime girl and she's like, "Ah, yes, of course, I understand everything." And there's like a box pointing to her that says, "Actually, doesn't get anything at all." <laughs> I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. The villager reminded me of of her because mm-hmm. she looked very much like her, mm-hmm. especially with her big, big like rectangular eyes. Yeah, they didn't really commit, like, for at least, like, for the human characters, like, the regular style of the games for some reason. Yeah, I kind of wished they were, like, uglier, but I guess it came out (laughs) post-first Animal Crossing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what Animal Crossing was out in 2005. I guess it was New Leaf, because there were a lot of New Leaf, like, NPCs in that. But I kind of wish that they had just come with, like, the, like, the ugly, like, boy villagers with the like viking hats for some reason and like the ugly girl villagers with like the fucking witch hat <laughs> like from the gamecube version it's like so good and i wish they'd done that have you guys seen the commercials like promoting the gamecube animal crossing games no what what are they like they're hilarious because it's like a bunch of people in big ass costumes of like the animal crossing villagers like the human ones and since it was like the early 2000s they were making fun of shitty mtv reality tv shows where like a bunch of people live together and i'm like oh i'm kevin i like to party but like they were animal crossing villagers instead that and it was like weirdly sexual too what yeah let me i'll drop a (laughs) yeah link in the chat i have to watch this immediately and then i might include the audio in the podcast why am i always the one cleaning the house and picking the peaches where's my big fat hammock time so tense Welcome to Animal Crossing, the life game that's happening every minute of every day, whether you're playing or not. So do you want to swap fossils with me later, or...? I'm trying so hard to summarize this movie, but it's so hard because there's like five subplots and none of them are resolved. The main plot's not even resolved. I'm not even sure which one was the main plot. (laughs) I think it was just kind of like the game where you just kind of do whatever and there's no structure. Yeah. Because like first it was just about her doing errands. Mm -hmm. That was her and gay then... love for Margie. <laughs> oh, yeah, who wanted to be a fashion designer? Yeah, a yeah. fashion designer. Yeah, which is paid off later. Yeah, I think that's and the only there plot was that's a... paid off. <laughs> and then there was Whitney and Apollo, and they're, mm-hmm. like, you find out that they had just broken up, but maybe they'll get back together, and then at the end of yeah. the movie, they, they don't resolve do. it. They maybe do, they maybe yes, like don't. He, he walks into the coffee shop with her, and then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's like that dinosaur skeleton plot, which I don't know if it ever gets resolved, because doesn't that whole place like collapse once they find the little baby alien? It does. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then and then there's of course the alien plot, which goes <laughs> on throughout the movie and like 
suddenly, even though it's like hinted at for the whole movie, it still ends up blindsiding you when it actually like comes to fruition. Right, because like first they do like the whole like switcheroo thing with yeah. Gulliver. Yeah. Where it's like, is he an alien? Isn't he? And like, he's not. He's just like fucking with them, but he has a UFO. Yeah, he, for some he has a full functioning UFO and it has been in space. And but for it's some like, reason, everyone's like, oh, it's just Gulliver. <laughs> but he's too embarrassed to tell them that he's not actually an <laughs> alien, so he just commits to the bit. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'm an alien. <laughs> Can you help me I think, my spaceship? I don't know. I think he was like straight up a charlatan trying to fool him <laughs> yeah. the entire time. Like, I think that's just his thing. He just goes from like village to village. Which is like not what Gulliver's about in the games, I don't think. He like, usually he's just a dude who's consistently falling off his boat and washing up on your island. Like kind of drunkenly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he decides to create an, a landing pad for the aliens. At the end, it, like, pulls back, and you can see that he's, like, created, like, a yeah. way to, like, crop circle, oh, speak yeah. to them, and it doesn't explain I think he, why. Like, I think he was trying to be cool. I think his intention yeah, was, he was, he was, like, like trying to yeah, he was, like, trying to make a cool, like, spectacle. Everyone, right? Yeah, and then he was gonna land there, but then he ran into some real aliens, and then <laughs> knocked and then the baby out of little. their spaceship. <laughs> and then it becomes Chicken Little. Yeah, it's just yeah. little in the last 10 minutes. It's incredible. And they have to return the baby to yeah. his alien parents. Yeah. Who we've oh, just man. met. And then there's like some plot about I wanting to find her passion, which I don't think she ever does. She like helps pie. some Yeah, she like helps some aliens. Yeah, and cherry pie is definitely code for something. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. She, like, helps some aliens, but then she does that once, and it's like, is that her passion? Like, what is her passion? I don't think it's ever cleared up. Yeah, I think she, like, helps some aliens, and then that's it. And yeah. It's like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to stop playing Animal Crossing now. <laughs> I think, because, like, isn't, like, the cherry pie just, like, the general, like, appreciation for life? I don't know, because they never said. <laughs> never cleared it up. Just kept talking about cherry pie to like about with Margie and her mom. I think it had something to do with like the idea of being able to reward yourself after you've done something worthwhile. I think so. I think that they mentioned that in the beginning of the movie, and luckily they do flash back to that like several mm -hmm. times throughout the movies. I don't know. I didn't quite grok it because I was also distracted by all the other plots. <laughs> I think there's like a plot with the the main boy. I don't remember his name. Was it you? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That was also one of the Oh, more... I and you. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I get it. <laughs> his plot was he was just looking for bugs the whole movie and would constantly yeah. distract I just to find bugs. He was always <laughs> Yeah. And and he was always dressing up, but in the end, like they finally saw his actual face and they're like, Oh, you're like handsome or something. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that was one of the most realistic things in the movie about Animal Crossing was, like, he dressed like how I dress in my Animal Crossing town sometimes. <laughs> he was always wearing some right. wacky costumes and shit, and it was like, yeah, I get it, man. Like, I dress like that, too. I liked his little Cubone hat. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking for that mm -hmm. in my town. Still haven't found it. Anyway, I think that's all there is to say about the Animal Crossing movie. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a fine movie. I would recommend it if you like the games. Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought it was going to be like pretty shitty. Yeah, same. I do have to say, 
the most jarring part about it is the whole scene where they do include you not playing Animal Crossing for a long time and then your favorite villager moves out. Because <laughs> Margie just like moves oh, yeah. away and does not tell I. And then like Rosie's all like, why the fuck didn't you go see Margie? She was moving away. And then I's like, what? She didn't tell me. And then she's just all sad and gay about it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty real. I remember because I watched this as a kid and I didn't remember most of it. But as soon as that happened, I remembered like I flashed back and I was like five years old and I was crying to that on YouTube. It's so Aww. sad. They make it seem like like Margie broke up with her. That is how and it feels. Yeah. yeah, it's like feels like a very like tragic gay romance, and I'm like, oh no. There Animal was crossing. a lot. There was a lot of gay undertones throughout the whole movie, which oh, I'm sure, sure were unintended, definitely. but definitely still very present. Oh yeah, I, between her and Margie, and also um, I've already forgotten. Rosie? No, not Rosie. Rosie didn't seem interested in anyone. Not really. No, what was the wolf? Oh, the wolf. The wolf. Winif right? Winifred. What was her name? Was it Winifred? Whitney. It was Whitney. 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 And yeah. Because yeah, yeah, well, because Whitney was always just like very sultry towards the villager, and I was like, oh damn, <laughs> Whitney. <laughs> well. Are we ready to start sharing movie ideas? I, I think, think so. so. Okay, who wants to go first? I have a pitch. I don't have like a, I don't have like a full story, but I have a pitch. Okay, do you want to go first then? I guess I can start, yeah. All right. If that's okay, Matt, unless you want to start first. No, it's all good. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay, so my idea is to do something along the lines of a rom-com. Yes, I've been, love it already. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of those lately. I actually just watched Emma the other day, and it was amazing, and I'd recommend it. Is that the like like period piece Victorian one I keep seeing ads for? Yeah, it's based off the same book that Clueless was based off of, so it's like the same storyline as Clueless. Okay, so I actually don't really want to include people. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we can include mm -hmm. people. Oh, it's... rest assured, none of my ideas include the human villagers. <laughs> I mean, I know that that's a huge part of the game, but I just don't think it's not as exciting. interesting. Yeah. 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 I think, okay, my idea is this character, Maple. I think she's adorable. She's this brown cub with a normal personality i think she serves as a good like audience stand-in character because she doesn't mm -hmm. like look too outlandish she looks kind of shy i think she would fit really well as like a shy protagonist i think yeah. she moves into this new village and immediately she is struck by the sights of teddy i think they would be very Damn. cute together they're both cubs they both they both have low green shirts. I think she's struck by him, but she doesn't really know what to do. So she yeah. goes to her dear friend, Renee. And I've picked Renee because I think most of these kinds of movies, you need like someone who's a little bit more aware of like how to dress, how to act in order to kind of guide you through the process of, I guess, coming yeah. of age. Which I guess you could, this could be considered like a... a coming of age rom-com yeah they're all why not? they can all be teenagers 
Also, Sisterly is such a great personality for like a supporting character. I think so too. I also like that Renee has two little like uh, I guess you call them like ear cuffs or ear piercings. I think that's yeah. so funny <clears throat> and cute. She also has an undercut. Like her I name know. has an undercut in it. Uh, is there is there more? Please say yes. Yes, I think from here, Kid Cat, uh, Kid Cat joins the picture along with his friend Rooney. I think Kid Cat and Rooney are like two best friends who kind of like I don't know <laughs> come in to be yeah. like supporting cast slash um, mm-hmm. comic relief, and I think they're Absolutely. they're friends of Renee. <clears throat> Um, uh, and they kind of help to, like, give Maple, like, encouragement to kind of push her on this journey. But things are paused when they find out that their dear friend Roscoe <laughs> is secretly in love with Peaches. Peaches? Yeah. Peaches? So Roscoe is, <laughs> is, Roscoe yes. is a goth... Uh, a goth horse. A, goth a really horse. great goth horse. And Peaches is this like beautiful <laughs> pink, like happy, expressive pink horse. I think him being secretly in love with her is is kind of cute. So, so that's yeah. that's what happens in my pitch. Roscoe is secretly in love with Peaches, and this team like decides to kind of band together and help their friend Roscoe um get with Peaches. And to do this, um, Kid Cat and Rooney take it upon themselves to kind of invite Teddy onto this project with them. So now Maple's close to Teddy, and they're also trying to get Roscoe close to Peaches. From there, I'm open to any ideas of like what more could happen, but that's kind of like the main plot that I think I would have happen if I were to make this movie. What if Kid Cat and Rooney are also friends? <laughs> with Maple and Teddy. Oh. And they're trying to set up both of these couples onto dates, but they accidentally <gasps> have each couple going on with the wrong Oh partner. my oh, god, no. Matthew. That's amazing. That's so good. And like So Teddy goes on a date and with they peaches. Might... <laughs> and Ross goes yeah. on a date with Maple. Right. <laughs> wow. Fuck, that's so good. Okay. Let's come back to that. Um Okay, so my first idea was a heist movie. So the main characters in this one would be Jolly Red, the uh, the Kitsune like fox who's all shady and sells like fake art and stuff. Love uh, him. And the other main character would be Tom Nook. And <laughs> controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this would. <laughs> Britt brought up a really great idea when we watched uh, the Animal Crossing movie together where we would do like motion capture, but like the Mowgli movie. So it's like Animal Crossing, but with like very human, uh, upsettingly human faces. Um, Oh my God. That's not how I want to do any of this. It (laughs) might actually lend itself very well to Matt's idea because it's so scary. Um, I I, kind of just picture all of these being like, if not CG animated, like 2D animated. But anyway, this heist movie is Jolly Red and Tom Nook as the main characters. And Red, uh, he's fallen on very desperate times. He hasn't been able to, like, sell his trash to people and make enough money on it to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so he decides he's going to get into the world of art heisting. And so he puts together a team of, like, 
uh, people <laughs> who would be really great as thieves. He has Ribot for tech. He has Rasher, <laughs> this like nasty pig man with like scars and shit. Uh, Rasher for muscle. Hazel, the little uh, the squirrel, like she's a red squirrel with a unibrow. She's sisterly. Mm-hmm. Um, she Hazel for acrobatics. Cole is a black bunny uh, for stealth. Julian, who's a uh, Julian and Ketchup. Julian's the unicorn, and Ketchup is the little duck that looks like a tomato. Uh, both of them are face. And Lolly is this like sweet little gray cat who has the normal personality type. She would be the getaway driver. And so he like puts together this team of heisters to uh, pull off this art heist to make them all a bunch of money. But he needs his old partner in crime and love and fellow spirit, Tom Nook, to pull off the job. And so he has to convince Tom Nook to get back into the, you know, life of crime. But Tom Nook obviously doesn't want anything to do with him because they were, you know, they're they're clearly exes and they're now rivals in business and in life. Yeah, the heist, like, you know, they make a big heist plan. The heist happens in the movie. And then I I, I wrote down here, uh, Red might be planning to double cross everybody and like, you know, take the art and all the money for himself. Tom Nook might be planning like a double cross instead to, you know, because he knew Red was going to double cross them. So he double crosses Red and then Red will like end up in jail or something. And then he might donate the art to the to Blathers Museum. I like that. But anyway, yeah, that's all I have for my my heist. Matt, what's your ideas? My idea for it is like, I guess like a thriller, like psychological horror type dealio for it. I love it already. (laughs) Matt then proceeded to pitch the scariest, best, most fleshed out and incredible story about a human villager and their harrowing adventure through a terrifying landscape of perfect villagers. But it was 20 minutes long and uh, could not be incorporated into the show, unfortunately. Keep your eyes peeled, though. It might show up when you least expect it. <laughs> and he swats it away. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end? <laughs> I have chills, Matthew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I guess what uh, a very broad question is, what genre do we want to go with? Like, what do we want to... We have a wide range of genres here. What genre do we want to do? I think I definitely want a little bit of romantic elements in it. Like, maybe not necessarily, like, primarily romance, but it to be part of it. I agree. There should be a romantic relationship somewhere. I mean, in the heist movie, it's definitely between, like, Red and Tom Nook. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was I think I think that was the most intriguing part mm-hmm. yeah. about the heist story. Alright, so we want a little bit of romance in there. What do we want our like mm. primary genre focus to be? Oh, I don't know. All of our ideas are so different. Drama. I think drama. Yeah. I think I think drama, mm-hmm. is, drama is good. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. category. Do you think there would be a way to somehow integrate the heist story with Annika's rom-com story. Ooh. I think there would be. Yeah, what? Mm. 
Because I feel like with the other stories, it might be harder to like implement that. Yeah. Because like they're less rooted in reality. Well, like the high story, they're, not. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. In in the other stories, it's very like supernatural or like you know superhero or magical. Like I've never seen Ocean's Eleven, but that's kind of like the idea that I was kind of basing this heist movie around. So if do we if we end up going with like a heist genre, do we want like Red and Tom to be like the main characters, or do we want them involved even at all? Uh, I, I think, think that's super. Necessary. I think they yeah. have to be involved, but I don't and know I if they should be the main characters. Yeah, they're pretty iconic, but I. I don't know the the uh, the relationship between Brad Pitt or George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven, but that's like they're the ones who organized the heist, right? In Ocean's Eight, it's Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock, and they organize the heist, and they also do have a romantic relationship. Ooh, that actually. So, what if there are two villagers that want to do this heist because they want money mm-hmm. or they need some mm-hmm. kind of thing? But they, in order to really pull off this heist, like, they can get a bunch of their, like, you know, old partners in crime or whatever. But what they really need to make this heist a success is they need Red and they need Tom Nook. But that is going to be very hard because Tom Nook hates Red. Because they're ex-lovers. They're ex-lovers and also, like, you know, Red was, you know, he's a bastard and he's been (laughs) shitty to Tom Nook in his life. And that Tom Nook has put that part of his life, like, behind him. What are, what are they trying to heist exactly? Is it like an art heist? I think an art heist is pretty good. I mean, because art is like part of the game. Like everyone's like, right. where does... Well, because that's why they need Red. Because Red knows where to get art. Yeah. So where are they stealing from? From the museum? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's... They could be stealing from the museum, but I feel like Blathers is kind of a little too easy to steal from. Because he sleeps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think... He, like, if they were going to steal from Blathers Museum, I think it'd be very easy. What if they stole from Gracie? Gracie. She doesn't I... show up in, in Animal Crossing New Leaf until after you've spent a certain money at Tom Nook's place. Is she a, like a, a resident villager or? No. Who's Gracie? Oh, hang on. I need to look. Uh, the giraffe. She was in City Folk. When you would go into the city, she'd be the one who... Like, her store was, like, the Gucci of mainstream. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. So they're trying to heist, like, a really valuable piece of art away from, like, this very rich animal villager who, like, has a lot of security. Everything that she Mm -hmm. sells costs, like, over 100,000 bells. Okay. I like this. So we, we have two villagers who somehow know about Gracie's very valuable piece of art that they want to steal from her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess we should establish who do we want these villagers to be? Who's shady? There's a lot of people who are shady, but do we want our protagonists to be shady? Well, I mean, I think if they're robbing a museum, they're kind of inherently shady. Well, they're not robbing like, a museum. They're robbing a like a rich person. Oh, okay, right. I think the art should end up in a museum. <laughs> in the end, uh, I think no one should get the art, and it should be in like a museum. It should be with blathers, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like both the villagers have to be very like <laughs> as much as I hate to say it this this movie sounds like it should be very sexy you know <laughs> that's how heist Definitely. movies are they're very like sexy 
Unfortunately, yes. I'm trying to look for, like, a villager who looks really, like, cool. Whitney? Whitney would be great. So, Whitney is one of the instigators of the heist. Mm -hmm. Should her partner be, like, also serious like her, or should they be more of a comic relief character? I feel like the quintessential thing about a heist movie is, like, one of the characters does not want anything to do with it, and the other one is like, come on, let's get let's get back into this. Mm -hmm. Right. And usually the one who is, like, really thirsty for the heist is, like, kind of a comic relief. So maybe Whitney's, like, above it, and she's like, nah, man, I'm good now. I've done all my heisting. I'm, I don't need this life anymore. Oh, and she's been kind of dragged in against, like, because she has to. Yeah. And maybe that's, like, a big point of conflict when they're trying to get Red and Tom Nook in on it, is she, like, sees herself in, like, Tom Nook, where she's, like, she doesn't think it's a good idea. I think... I don't know. I'm not sure if at this point, since Tom and Red aren't the main characters, if we need both Tom and Red to be on the squad. I think Red definitely needs to be on the squad. Yeah. Perhaps. Because, like, I want to maintain, like, the ex-relationship between Red and Tom. Yeah. But perhaps Tom has some kind of business connection with Gracie. Oh. To, like, add stakes. Oh, yeah. And so they need, they need like, a little bit of Tom Nook's help, but he's not willing to do it because he knows Red is involved, and so they need to, like, do a mini heist. Oh, I was thinking more like Tom isn't involved at all. Uh, like, him and Gracie, perhaps they have this whole, like, art curation or something like yeah. that. And perhaps, like, Tom and Red were, like, initially, like, into this art thing together, but Red was a little too shady, so they split paths. But Red was always bitter. So now he's trying to steal from this, not only because it's within their best interest money-wise, but also to get back at Tom. Oh, okay. So Red's whole thing is, like, spite. Red's thing is spite. Maybe they don't know that. Maybe they do, yeah, like, the yeah. other people on the team. I think that's great. But that's, like... Yeah. Also, yeah. I just thought of a great idea for, uh, you know... The, the person who wants to do the heist who is who? like a lot like mm -hmm. aside uh whitney uh audie i think audie would actually be a great support or not supporting character but like you know second protagonist oh yeah and she's like peppy and so she's like really energetic and is like you know she just really wants to get back into the very exciting like heist life but whitney's like settled down and she's like she does not want to get back into that she's happy where she is but right. Audie eventually convinces him. So charismatic. I like that a lot. Me too. That's like very strong power couple. <laughs> yeah. And they're both wolves. There's two wolves and they're both gay. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course they are. <laughs> I would like them to be on and off again until the very yeah. end. Yeah. So. Completely agree. Second. Absolutely. Maybe at the climax of the film, they like almost have a breakup. Mm. Oh, damn. Naturally, yeah, they have to almost have a breakup and like one of them has to call off the heist and then the other one's like, fine, we'll do the fucking heist without you. <laughs> and I think the one who has to almost leave is Whitney. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Before we get too deep into this story, we're already kind of deep in it. How do we want this movie to look? I'm leaning towards 2D. Yeah, I think the tone of the story is a little too serious for it to be a live action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it would just look a little too odd, and there'd be, like, a disconnect with that. Yeah. Who else should be involved with this heist, do you think? I would like 
and there doesn't have to be these two characters, but I would like the idea of like a second like cheery couple who are like super together and they're both very peppy. Yeah. Which is like to disguise their like devious nature. Uh-huh. Uh. Which is why they're like so good at like heisting and like stealing and stuff. Because uh. they're so unassuming looking. So I thought maybe Maple and Teddy would be a funny thing for them. Ooh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, oh, what about this? What about what if like Whitney and Audie don't have a crew anymore mm-hmm. and they need to assemble a new crew and that's why they go to Red. Because Ooh, they're like, hey yeah, Red, yeah. we know you're like big into the art stealing game. We want to steal art from Gracie. We need and then Red's like, yeah, totally, we need a crew and I'll help you put it together and he connects them to all these people. And so like Maple and Teddy are like part of it. I like that. Okay, I'm gonna throw my hat in for Ribot. I think Ribot should be part of it. I think he could definitely be one of Red's like buddy henchmen. Yeah, like a tech expert or something. Yeah. Even though even though he's like his personality is jock. He's like the R two D two of the group. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> that's kind of how I envisioned him. It was like they would come to like a keypad and they're like, all right, we need to unlock this keypad. Ribot, do your thing. I think that works. What are like the other heist archetypes exactly? Because like you got the two main people. Yeah. Yeah, like the tech person. You got the comedy relief. What are we missing? Uh, acrobat. Someone who's very acrobatic, acrobat. and also muscle. Yeah, isn't there usually like a mus a muscle in the heist where like someone who is like good at like knocking fools out? You know. There is. Clearing clearing the area. Could so Roscoe? Could Roscoe work for that? Ooh, yeah. Is it? Mm. What? What is his personality type? Is it cranky? Yeah, I feel like that tracks. He's like very big and dark and like brooding. Yeah, I like the idea of a of him being a goth hunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who do we think should be our acrobat? Acrobat. I would like a monkey. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh, which monkey though? What about Champ or Flip? They're kind of sweet looking. Simon is a yeah. little bit is a little bit more like <laughs> sinister looking. looking. Yeah, he's a little bit more sinister. Yeah. I don't know if Simon would translate well <laughs> into the movie. He's uh, kind of scary. I like Champ. He was in the Animal Crossing movie. Yeah, but so is Whitney. Yeah, that's true. And I think that would be good because he's kind of iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Champ could be like the acrobat, like who like folds himself into small boxes and like you know flips around lasers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think so, and I like how like happy he looks. Yeah. I feel like Champ's character is that, like, he doesn't even really care about the money. He just wants the throw. Yeah, he just wants to do stunts. Do we need anybody else in this heist? We've got Whitney, we got Audie, Teddy, and Maple, and then Roscoe, and Ribot, and Champ. Do we need anybody else? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is there any reason why they need to do this heist besides, like... Oh, I just want to get back into it. I think Audie should have a secret reason. Ooh, <laughs> I got it. Um, <laughs> Audie wants to do the heist because she wants to be close to Whitney again. Oh, damn. Because their relationship was the best when they were, like, doing heists. And oh. since, like, Whitney kind of, like, mm. fell out of the game and just settled down, Audie and Whitney have not been as close anymore. And, you know, Audie wants to get close to her again, so she wants to do this heist so that she can be near Audie. But she doesn't tell... Or... She wants to do this heist because she, so she can be near Whitney. But she doesn't tell anybody that because that's a bad reason to heist. <laughs> I like yeah. that. So are they broken up in the beginning then? 
yeah. yeah. I, either they can be broken up or they can, like, never have explored their feelings for each other, so they kind of just went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be more dramatic if they were broken up mm-hmm. and now are forced to come back together for this heist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not forced, but, like, definitely, like, she was definitely, like, coerced into doing this. Maybe Whitney's just straight up broke. Oh. Hmm. Oh, and that actually can open up like drama later because it's like Audie admits to her, it's like I did this heist because I wanted to be near you. And then Audie was or Whitney says like, Oh, I mean I didn't have any money anymore, that's why I'm doing this heist. Yeah. I want them to like argue in front of the rest of the crew. Yeah. It's like super awkward. <laughs> I want that. Oh man, and then the heist can like it like the night before the heist, they like break up or whatever and then red is like all right well we're gonna have to do this without both of them so let's uh let's do this and then right at the last minute they rejoin the heist right so to recap the storyline that we have now yeah Audie goes to whitney and says hey i want to start this this heist uh on this art collector named gracie who's friends with tom nook whitney says no eventually Audie convinces her then they start to gather this crew, so they go to Red, and Red happens to know some friends. He knows Ribot, Teddy, and Maple. Does Red also know Champ and Roscoe? Maybe Whitney or Audie could know Roscoe. Ooh, yeah. And that could add other drama, because it's like, how do you know this person? Yeah, they definitely have to... A lot of the storyline has to go to... Or, like, at least a, a fair chunk of the storyline has to go to, like finding the rest of the crew mm-hmm. yeah so maybe they they like follow some leads they know of someone who's an incredible at acrobatics oh they could yeah they could like hold like a kind of audition for acrobats that'd be mm-hmm. fun all right cool and then so they they set up this crew and then the next hurdle is they need to get the information from Tom Nook about the layout of Gracie's... Ooh, yeah, that's what it is. They need to get the uh, layout of Gracie's house from Tom Nook. Because oh. naturally he'd know that. He was the one who sold her the house. Oh. Right. And so they're going to try to get Red to get it from him, maybe? Yeah, I, I'm thinking it could be like a mini heist situation where like Red has something to do with talking to Tom Nook and like distracting him all of them like you know pull off this heist together kind of i like that so they kind of distract tom nook while maybe like audie and whitney are in the back stealing the floor plans yeah and i i think everyone should be like involved in the heist i think like the 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 goal is they should they need to get ribot in front of the uh the plan like the floor plans and all that so that he can like memorize memorize them capture them with his eyes yeah while all that's going while all that's going on in the back, <laughs> there's yeah. in the front room there's sexual tension between Tom Nook and Red. Yes, yes, <laughs> and it naturally. Just, it cuts back and forth between the heist and the and the flirting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red's like openly flirting and Tom Nook's like, I am going to have someone throw you out if you do not leave. I think I want him to like come around and maybe they have something. <laughs> like impromptu, just like <laughs> Highly emotional, like, X. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can either imply that that happens, or we can just fully show it. That's... I don't know if Nintendo would say yes to that. 
I guess. Well, I mean, they implied enough yeah. in their commercials from the early 2000s. For sure. So I think we can imply Yeah, it. we'll imply it as much as that commercial implies that the villagers have mm-hmm. sex with each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, don't they? Yeah. Wait, um, in like the old games, don't Red and Tom Nook have like the same apron? Or like very similar apron? They do. Uh, I, yeah, Red, Red's is like a ginkgo leaf, and Tom Nook's is just like a, a leaf. I'm thinking, like, when they leave after the heist, Red's wearing, like, an article of clothing that Tom was wearing earlier. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Um, yeah, I feel like this heist should go off, like, with with almost without a hitch, but, like, there should be something that introduces tension and, like, conflict to it. Well, it would have to be something with, like, causing... Well, I don't know if I have to, but, like, I guess it would make sense something causing a, like a rift between Audi and Whitney. Yeah, it has to be something with them. Because I feel like the rest of the heist people are like, you know, they're just there. They're just like, you know, in it for whatever yeah. they're in it for. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, something has to happen between Audi and Whitney. I think that's good. and Maybe it could call into question everyone else's reasons for being there. I mean, does, does Champ really have that good of a reason? He was kind of just like plucked from their friends and roscoe too maybe roscoe is in it for other reasons maybe roscoe is gonna try and double cross them i don't know he looks kind of shady <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like red it was is gonna be the one to double cross them either way what oh, yeah, that's true. what that's if true. roscoe has personal beef with gracie <laughs> and he's oh sh- Shit. He's doing this for personal reasons to get back at Gracie and not because oh. he actually cares about stealing this art. Oh, then he has to be the one to fuck everything up. And he's going to be left behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And he gets, like, put in jail? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What if this is, like, some Dark Knight shit where, like, during the heist, people get, like, caught and, like, think, left behind? I think someone could get caught. Ooh. Maybe that's it. Maybe the heist, like... Something goes like dramatically wrong during the heist, but the like the very last minute where like everyone kind of makes up or whatever, or like when Whitney and Audie make up and like you know things are like resolved between them, that's when Roscoe fully goes off the rail. He's like definitely fully in this to like live out his beef with Gracie. I'm thinking that Roscoe is also gonna try and like poison Gracie or like oh yeah he like and they're not on board that they're not killers you know yeah yeah he like adds an unnecessary element of like evil to the group and they're all like ah I think Roscoe's a good bet because he looks kind of evil like his eyes are red yeah he's definitely like I don't know if he's too obvious I mean he's obvious but also red is there and red is definitely like the shady character that nobody trusts I think Roscoe is a good choice just because there's that other shady element in the in the party. I kind of picture Maple and Teddy being like the couple from Baby Driver. <laughs> oh, I like that. But, you know, they're not totally evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Maple and Teddy are just there because they love stealing and they love each other. <laughs> and that's really it. I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay, so they go from Tom Nook's place where they've got the plans now to Gracie's place. So everything is going swimmingly until Roscoe tells someone that he plans to poison Gracie because he thinks that they won't care, but then they Maybe he care. tells Ribot because he thinks Ribot has no morals. Or a soul. Oh, 
But Ribot surprises him by telling everyone else. Yeah, I, I think Ribot holds on to it until it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, maybe, like, when they join in the last minute, it, like, Ribot's like, hey, thank God you guys are back. Uh, we definitely have a problem with Roscoe. Oh, because at this point, Whitney and Audie have had a fight, right? Yeah, like, definitely when Roscoe's planning his, his sinister works, I think Whitney and Audie are, like, also at odds. And mm-hmm. e- either about to storm out or have already stormed out. Ooh, what if, like, they, like, wh- when Whitney and Audie leave, that's when Roscoe comes forward is like, hey, listen, the only way we're going to be able to do this is if we, like, take Gracie out of the picture. Oh, I think that's and, great. Yeah, and so then he's like, they're about to go on with this plan, but then Audie and Whitney come back, and it, like, totally throws a wrench in Roscoe's plan. And then Roscoe is trying to sabotage the heist while they're doing it so that he can enact his plan. I think that's good. So then my question is, does Gracie then find out about the heist because of how much shenanigans are going on around her? I think she should. And they She's should have got to, it, right? They should have to find a way to deal with her knowing about what's going on. Well, I what ooh, what if what if they end up having to rescue Gracie? From Roscoe? Yeah. Whoa. That would be a great turn. A great twist. Yeah. And then they like save her from Roscoe, but they do end up still stealing the art. Mm-hmm. I think that's a hilarious ending. Yeah. And then <laughs> they save her, she doesn't realize that her art's missing until it's too late. <laughs> yeah, and then uh I feel like their plan should involve switching out a fake with the real thing. Oh, of course. Right. Because that's Red's whole thing. He 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 sells fake art. Well, I would assume that Red would give them a fake copy yeah. to switch out. Ooh, yeah. At Gracie's. And maybe they made a copy of the copy <gasps> somehow. Oh yeah. Ooh, what if Ribot <laughs> what if Ribot secretly makes a copy of a copy and that's how they like end up fucking over Red? Can he have like some kind of duplicating like powers of some sort? I don't know, I'm just like oh. thinking like how we would make an excuse for creating a copy of the copy. Oh yeah, it like yeah, he could like he could, <laughs> there could be a scene where like He's like, hey, listen, I know Red's going to try and fuck us over, but, like, I I made another copy so that we can try and like, give it to Red. And everyone's like, oh, where did you get this? And he's like, oh, I made it. I painted it myself. Like, oh, really? <laughs> maybe he, maybe he's who makes all of Red's copies. <gasps> oh, so that's how yeah. he knows how to do it. That's good. Oh, yeah. Ribot, Ribot has, like, a conscious. Like, nobody believes that Ribot has a conscience. But like, uh-huh. like Ribot often sees, he's like the only one who knows that Red is gonna fuck them over because he always sees him do this. And he's like, listen, I've grown really attached to you guys and I don't want Red to like fuck you guys over. So, or like they think they've been fucked over, but in the end when they're walking away, Ribot's like, hey guys, don't worry about it. I, that's also a fake. I, I, I donated the real one to a museum that we could easily steal from. I like that. And fortunately, it does <laughs> include fucking over Blathers, but they can give him a shark in return. Yeah. <laughs> they distract him with a, uh, a tarantula, and he's like, he has to set up the tarantula exhibit. And while he's doing that, they just heist the painting. That would be a great after credit scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we have a movie here. 
two wolves named Adi and Whitney both had a prior relationship where they were both master criminals. Whitney has fallen on hard times and does not have any money and is approached by her ex and former partner in crime, Adi, who proposes another heist. Whitney reluctantly agrees and they sign on with Jolly Red, a master thief and expert in art heist. He puts together a team of, of thieves. Ribot, the tech expert and master forger, Roscoe, the muscle, and Maple and Teddy, the face and distraction. And then they enlist Champ to be their acrobat. They hatch a plan to steal the schematics and floor plans for Gracie's apartment from Tom Nook, where Red distracts Tom Nook with his shitty charms and uh, <laughs> flirtatious behavior. And the others get Ribot in front of all the schematics where he memorizes all of them and things come to a head with Whitney and Audie. Whitney admits that she's only doing this for the money. And then Audie, hurt by this, admits that she is only doing it to be close to Whitney. This causes tensions to rise between the whole group. And though they pull off this heist, Whitney and Audie disband from the group. Roscoe jumps at this opportunity to enact his own sinister plan where he seems to try and take revenge on Gracie by poisoning her. Seeing no other option, the group decides to go along with this plan. Through, uh, I am assuming, a few emotional montages of Audie and Whitney being miserable without each other, they realize that they want to do this heist, and it is something they both want in order to get closer to each other. So they get back on the heist at the last minute, enraging Roscoe. They do the heist, Things start going awry as Roscoe starts to try and sabotage them to enact his own plan. Things get pretty crazy. Kid Cat and Lucha cause some heist complications and action. They end up pulling off the heist by like saving Gracie from Roscoe and distracting her enough to get the painting away and switch it out with a, with a fake. And in the end, right before they think they have been completely victorious, Red reveals that he has double-crossed them and he is taking the painting for himself. And as they are walking away in defeat, Ribot reveals that he had given Red a fake as well and had donated the painting secretly to Blathers Museum where they could very easily heist it themselves. We end with Whitney and Audie being together and this smaller heist team going on to do crime together and be best friends. Mm-hmm. So, um... Hollywood and Nintendo. Yeah, like, you get know. at us. Well, thanks for joining me again, guys. Let's do this again soon sometime. No problem. It was really fun. Um, I have been Cassidy Easton. This has been Annika Gatormson. And I'm Matt. And uh, join us again next time for another episode of Game Reel. Thank you so much for listening to Game Reel. If you have an idea for a movie about a game, send us a pitch. Our email is gamerealcast at gmail.com. That's real with two E's. Our album art was made by the wonderful Brit Sodasjourna. You can find her on Instagram at Brit.sodersjourna. That's B-R-I-T-T dot S-O-D-E-R-S-J-E-R-N-A. Thanks again for listening.